0: Well, we're going to jump into the word. So let's just have a prayer and then we'll open the word. Lord, thank you uh, that you have something to say to us. Thank you that your word is alive. It's active, not just to, that you speak to us, but you lead us, you guide us, you, you impart life to us, and you mold and shape our lives. So we just, we just encounter you in your word now, in Jesus' name, by faith. Amen. Well, I want to say Happy Easter to you all. Thank you for, for uh, making the effort to come and gather in this way today. I know you, it took an effort for you to do it. You had to register and sign up. And I just want to say Happy Easter. Jesus has risen. Isn't that awesome? That is just great news. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Easter, on one hand, is about our greatest enemy... The devil being defeated at the cross. Isn't that true? But it's also the story of our greatest king, Jesus, overcoming death and rising again. That's the great story of Easter. And we're celebrating that, that Easter is about Jesus' victory and the defeat of our enemy. And uh, we just want to encourage you to celebrate with all your heart. You know, we have hope in Jesus We have life in Jesus. You know, when our lives are centered on him, when they're founded on him, there's hope. There's hope for us, right? There's life for us, and that's great news for us. It's also great news for our world. It's great news for our city, for our community, for our neighbors. You know, when the first Easter happened, it happened when people had been waiting they had been waiting and waiting so long. They were just waiting and waiting. And uh, there was a promise that they knew about at one time that was going to be fulfilled. And it just seemed to go on and on and never seemed to come come to be. And people started to lose hope. You know, And we get into a, a, ser- a time where we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, some things can happen to us. We can lose sight we can lose sight of what we're waiting for. We can even start to forget what is it that we're waiting for. And that's what people in Jesus' day, they had lost sight of what they're even waiting for. They start. People start to wander and start to go after whatever they think is best, right? Another thing that happens when we wait is we lose direction. You know, we can get disorientated and we start... Walking after the things that we want, you know, we just start going after whatever makes us happy. We get disoriented, and we even give up on the promises that God has made to us. Another things that happens when we wait is that we lose hope. We can become discouraged because we're waiting, and it just never seems to come true. And we can we can just feel like giving up. I don't know if anybody ever comes across any of those things when you're in your waiting. You know, at the first Easter, as it was approaching, God was about to surprise people by fulfilling His promise. And Jesus was about to come and be activated in His earthly ministry. People were in places of waiting, they were losing sight, they were losing direction, they were losing hope. <laughs> Maybe you feel like this personally in your own personal life maybe you're going through something that you're waiting for it just seems like we're waiting and waiting and it never seems to come true you know an answer to your prayer an answer for uh something you're hoping will change maybe you're you're praying for a breakthrough maybe you're you're believing for a promise of god to come to fruition in your life and you could go through this season where you're just in waiting you know, the church can also feel like this right now, that we're in a time of waiting. You know, we've been going through a holding pattern for more than a year with COVID, and it just seems to go on and on. And when we think, oh, we're going to break through, then it goes on and on. It just seems like we're in waiting. We can begin to lose sight. We can lose, begin to lose direction. We can begin to lose hope. You know, one of the things that we're going through as a church right now is that we're uh, looking for new church staff. You know, we're looking for some new staff members. I, I want to encourage you, church. Uh, we we felt led by God to release Brad and Kate to go and lead the church in New Brunswick. We believe it's God's will for them. And we're excited for that to happen. But you know what? There's new staff that need to come and take, take uh places of ministry and begin to step up into leadership. And we can think, oh, they're going to come from somewhere else. You know, God's going to send someone from somewhere else. But you know what? Jesus didn't come from somewhere else. He came right from where people were at. He surprised them. He just showed up right in the midst. God used one of the people, Mary, that was right in the group And Jesus was born. And, you know, I want to encourage you. Could God be doing something in our church very similar with staff members? We think, oh, it's going to be someone else from somewhere else is going to come and deliver us. When God might be speaking to one of you right now. And saying, you know what, you could you you have a gift, you have a call. I've been speaking to you. I want to release you. I want to use you. I want to change people's lives through you. I want to bring hope through you. I want to just encourage you. Is it someone else all the time? Or can it be you? You know, God wants to wants us to say yes to him. You know, and we're in a time of waiting. Uh we need to get a hold of god's word and we need to get our eyes on jesus jesus is our deliverer and he leads us by his voice so that's what we do when we're in times of waiting john chapter 1 and verse 45 philip said uh, this he said to uh uh he went to look for nathaniel it says in this verse says philip went to look for nathaniel and he told him we have found the one say that we have found the one. That's what, that's what Philip said to Nathaniel. We have found the one Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. That's what Philip said. He found the one. His name is Jesus. You know, sometimes God delays our breakthroughs. Sometimes he delays the answers because he's preparing us. You know, could it be that God has a promise that we're waiting for and he's preparing us. He's doing something in your heart, in my heart. He's wanting to do something in us. I want to encourage you today. Don't waste the waiting, okay? Don't waste the waiting. God wants to do something in you. He wants to use that time of waiting. Let's not, use, let's not waste it on discouragement. Let's not waste it on doubt. Let's not waste it on worry. But let's give God a chance to work in our lives. You know, God wants to do more in you than he wants to do through you. You know, he loves you so much, he wants to do something in your life. He wants to transform you. He wants to work in you. He just loves you much more than he loves what you can do for him, right? He loves you. He wants to grow you. He wants to develop you. And Philip recognized two reasons for the cross of Easter, and why it was worth waiting for. I want to just talk about those. And then Pastor Kimi's going to come and finish this message. Number one. Moses saw our desperate need of a Savior. Moses saw our desperate need of a Savior. You know it says in that verse. That, that Philip went and looked for Nathanael. And said he found the one that Moses and the prophets had ri- had written about. So first of all. Philip recognized that Moses saw our desperate need of a Savior. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, speaking of a of, of prophecy in the book of Genesis of Jesus coming, and between your seed and her seed, and he will crush your head, thus speaking of Jesus, to the devil, and you will strike his heel. Now Moses foretold the victory of Jesus over sin and the devil. Sin is a force that needs to be defeated in our lives. You know, one of the reasons you might be waiting is because Jesus wants to defeat sin in your life. He wants to overcome it and he does it as we make ourselves available to the cross. Jesus says we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Is there some place in your life that Jesus wants you to follow him more to give your life to him more to find holiness in your life more by following him and allowing him to work in you the second way uh, uh, that Philip recognized the reason for the cross was the prophets could see its vast potential for everyone. So first of all, Moses saw our desperate need of a Savior. We had a need for Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning, never opened your heart to Jesus. Jesus wants to to deal with the sin in your life by forgiving you and giving you a new heart. The second way was the prophets could see his vast potential for everyone. You know, Jesus had a vast potential in the cross. Jesus was sent to fulfill the promise of bringing hope to everyone, not just some people, not just some nationalities, not just some races, not just men or women, not just young or old, not wealthy or privileged or poor. Jesus came to every person He leveled the playing field and said, you know what? The cross makes it level. We all come to the cross. It's at the cross where we can have this vast potential of everyone being accepted and loved by God. You know, if you're in a time of waiting, Jesus wants you to know you are accepted. You are loved. The cross is available to you. Everyone is loved and accepted by God through Jesus at the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to encourage you this morning. You know that one of the reasons God waits to defeat the power of sin at work in us and to deliver us from its grip is so that we would be effective. We would be effective in our battle, in the battle of evil in this world through the power of the gospel. And Jesus wants to release you to be effective in that through the power of the cross. Pastor Kimmy's going to come and lead us from here.
1: Well, good morning again, church. Woo! All right. Thank you, Pastor Greg. That was so good. I don't know where to put that. All right. Well, Pastor Greg was talking about how um, we found Jesus. And now I'm going to wrap it up by talking about how Jesus finds us. Okay. And so we're going to look at this story in Luke 24. And I just love this because like Pastor Greg was saying, right, Jesus has died for our sins. And so now he's resurrected and the grave is empty. And I want you to honk if you believe the grave is empty, right? Yes, yes, yes. We believe, right, that grave is empty. And so Jesus has resurrected. And this is our story here in Luke 24, starting at verse 13. It says, Now, the same day, two of them, and so these are two of the disciples, okay? And they are walking, and they're going to a village called Emmaus. And it's about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they're talking with each other about everything that has happened. And these disciples, these two guys that were on this road, they thought that the cross was a sign of defeat and of shame, and that it disqualified Jesus from being their savior. But what they discover on this road, to Emmaus is that that's actually the opposite, that the cross is everything that qualifies our Jesus Christ, our Messiah, to be our Savior. You see, our our Savior chose this path of suffering, right? And we need to remember and keep in mind, it was not Pilate's choice. You know, it wasn't Judas Iscariot's choice. It wasn't the Pharisees' choice. Oh, sure, they were a part of the enemy's plan, but you see, it was God's god's plan that jesus would die on that cross for us and it was the greatest flip on satan that there ever was because he thought he was in control of jesus death he thought that he was managing this and orchestrating this and that was all a lie because god allowed his son to die and you might be like what god allowed oh yes god allowed his son to die for you And for you, and for you, and for you, and for you. God allowed his son to die for you. Yes. You see, Jesus chose this path. And then it says in verse 15, that as the disciples were talking and and discussing these things together, that Jesus himself came up and walked along them, but they were kept from recognizing him. You see, they weren't looking for a resurrected Jesus. They weren't looking for a life-size Jesus. They didn't connect. The resurrection was the next step in the story. They stopped at the cross, and they thought it was time to grieve and to mourn and to to process the loss of Jesus because he had died on that cross. And they were not sitting in expectation for a resurrection. Somehow they disconnected it and they missed that piece of the story. They weren't expectant, they were defeated. And they were even talking about Jesus in the past tense that he was a prophet. He was. They were hoping. They were hoping. And it was all past tense. And let me tell you, if If you've been living in some past tense that living defeated, Jesus is not dead. He is alive and he is looking for you if you are lost. You see, resurrection is impossible with humans, with men or women but all things are possible with god and i love this scripture in hebrews 12:2 it's in the passion and it says his and this is jesus so jesus example is this because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his He was focused on this joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits at the right hand of the throne of God. You see this humiliation being stripped and ridiculed and tortured. When any moment, we know Jesus could have called on his father to rescue him, but instead he chooses this. Why? Because he knew if he did this, you would be his. You would be his. See, Jesus says, no one can take it from me. I lay it down of my own accord and I have authority to lay it down and to take it up again. And Jesus says, the son of man must suffer many things and be killed and after three days rise again. He must and he will. And Jesus says, I will never die again. I will be an eternal high priest by the power of an indestructible life. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth will be mine, and I will be the king over all kings and the Lord over all lords. Jesus says, I will live forevermore, and, and I will hold the keys of death and Hades, and from my throne I will build my church on earth, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Jesus says, I will hold in my hand the check signed in my blood for the perfect, completed, irreversible purchase of my bride. And Jesus says, when I stand in heaven in all glory, the saints will cry out loud, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus says, I will fill the new heavens and the new earth with my glory. Jesus says that he will say to his bride, enter into the joy of your master. You see you can have Jesus joy. And in John 15:11 Jesus says, "I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus has found us. Have we found him? Are you living that kind of joy? Like this this girl right here, me? She, she was trapped by sin. She was imprisoned by her mistake. She was dead, but because of Jesus Christ, she is alive. She is free. She is victorious. She is resurrected. And are you living a resurrected life? Are you living a message that says, I am resurrected. Jesus has overcome in my life, and I want that kind of joy. See, it doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a funeral procession or a global pandemic or we just won the lottery. Are we living a life with resurrection? a joy in us that comes out. You see, resurrection is a rising up. And Jesus, we want you to rise up in us. Let me rise up in faith. Let me rise up in joy. Let me rise up in love. Let me rise up in you, Lord Jesus, because your resurrection is power, Lord God. And you know, he did this for you. So rise up. I want you just to turn to, somebody if you're in a car by yourself it's okay say it out loud just say like rise up say it to whoever's there with you rise up if you're online type in the chat rise up Jesus we need you to rise up in us Lord God because we believe in the power of your resurrection you know we might feel like we are suffering in the midst of isolation with all of these restrictions But it is nothing compared to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and his suffering. And you know what? We don't hear him complaining, right? He rises up in hope. He rises up in joy and in love and church. It is time for us to rise up in the hope of the Lord. There are great things coming for us. There is a future. There is a hope. But we need to rise up and step into those things. You see, resurrection is a power, and many people, including Christians, you know, we look at the resurrection as just this great historical event that we remember on Easter Sunday. We pause and remember, and that's a wonderful thing, but resurrection is a force, It is a force, and it is an action, and it is active, and it is a power that belongs only to God. You see, resurrection proves that Jesus is the Messiah, but resurrection means that we are forgiven. And that's powerful and only something that God can give to us. But he gives us that salvation and eternity with God and hope because resurrection is a power, a power that belongs to the Lord. And so we don't take it for granted and we don't belittle it. And, and, and we step into that place of reverence, knowing resurrection is a power from the Lord. You see, because resurrection... If we believe in it, it changes our identity. It can change our identity. See, when I believe that the Holy Spirit, that power, lives inside of me, God doesn't just lend it to me for a few minutes when I need it, and then he takes it back. When you have Jesus, when you believe in that resurrection power, the Holy Spirit indwells in power in you. That is something to celebrate, something to say amen about, because it changes our identity. That's what the resurrection power does, is it changes our identity. And we're no longer identified by our mistakes. I'm no longer dead. I'm no longer imprisoned in sin. I am forgiven, and that's my identity. That's who I am. I am a forgiven child of God. That's my identity. I am redeemed. And it says in Revelation 17, 14, that God's people are called chosen and faithful ones. See when we look to the resurrection, we see Jesus. When we look, we see we see God's love and it changes our identity. And so I hope that the resurrection isn't something that you remember to do, to think about today, like putting out the garbage can, but that you let it move you, that you let it change you. Invite the powerful Holy Spirit to come in and to touch you, to empower you, to transform you, to change your identity. Rise up in Jesus. You see, Jesus is waiting here for you. He is waiting here for you. And he died for you. And he met those two men on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus found them exactly where they were, right where they were in their doubt, in their disbelief. They didn't understand the grandness, the sovereignty of this plan that God had laid out. And yet Jesus found them. And so no matter where you are in life, you are not too far away for God. You are not too far away for Jesus to find you and to change your identity. Don't leave here today with a death or a grave mindset. Trade it in for salvation, for a resurrected life in Jesus. One of my favorite scriptures is Zephaniah 3:17 and I just pray this over each one of you The Lord your God is with you the mighty warrior who saves he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. The Lord dances and rejoices over you with singing. He's like, come, come to the Father, come. Nobody is too far away from me. I can save anybody. It doesn't matter what your sin is. It doesn't matter what mistakes you have made. Nobody is too far away for God. He loves you. And you know, it should have been me on that cross. I should be paying for my own sin, for my own mistakes. You should be paying for yours. But Jesus took our place because he loves us, because he wants us to have his eternal joy. If you've never asked Jesus to come and live inside of your heart. I just want you to join in with me today. What an incredible day to give your life to Jesus every day is an incredible day to say, I surrender God. And so if you've never done that before, I want you just to follow along in this prayer with me. It's so simple. There's no formula. There's no wrong way or right way to do this. It's just coming to God with a heart of surrender and reverence and repentance. So please just follow with me. First, we're going to say, I admit. I admit, Jesus, that I have sinned. I admit, Jesus, I have made mistakes and that I have sinned. And God, I know that you are perfect and I cannot be with you in eternity unless I admit I've made mistakes and I confess those to you. And so, Jesus, I confess my mistakes to you, Lord God. And next, I believe, I believe the only way to have a life with you, God, is through your son, Jesus Christ. You say, Jesus, that you are the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through you, Jesus. And so, Jesus, I believe, I believe that you died, that you were in that grave, that you conquered all sin, past, present, and future and that you rose again, that you are alive, never to die again, because you are eternity. You are eternal. And so I believe Jesus. And lastly, I confess. I confess, God, to everyone and to you, that I accept you into my heart and my soul and my mind, and I surrender to you, God, Come and live in my heart. I invite you in. I invite you in, God. Come into my heart. I surrender my will to you and ask, Lord Jesus, that you empower me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, break off all of the old, all of the old, so that I can live a new life with you, Jesus. A new life, a resurrected life with you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. If today for the very first time you've just asked Jesus to come and to be the the Lord of your life, I just ask that you click that button on the uh, Gateway Church Live. We'd love to be able to connect with you. If you want to fill out a connect card, we'd be so excited just to connect and to to help you on your journey to get to know God better. And I just want to close. I'm going to do a prayer for all of us and then... We have a baptism, so I just want to pray over you. Lord God, I just pray for this word today for all of us who have a relationship with you, Lord God, for all of the words, um, Holy Spirit, that you have just um, used Pastor Greg and myself as a conduit, Lord God. I pray that those words, Holy Spirit, that you spoke today would not fall down to the ground, Lord God, but they would be impressed upon our hearts, Lord Jesus. Impress them upon us. Let us live a resurrected life for you, Lord God and I pray for any of the old habits that we have old thoughts for a death mindset for a death identity for a negative identity or negative patterns and habits Lord God I pray that you break those off Lord God set us free today Jesus we believe that you are alive we believe that you are risen we believe that you are the hope you are joy you are life Lord God and so come and overtake Make us, saturate us, overwhelm us, Lord God, overwhelm us with your presence. And Jesus, I pray that over each one you dance and you sing and you speak to them life-giving words, Lord God. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.